Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. Mary, tell me a little bit about your background. Well, first of all, thanks for asking me to join you, Caitlin. I'm thrilled to be here. I love doing these kinds of, having these kinds of conversations and um, because I, my whole life, yeah, my whole life has been in the staffing industry. Um, when I look back right out of college, I, my first job was as a recruiter for a company called Audia Personnel Services. It's now a deco. Um, I was there until I left and went to a company called Personnel Pool, which became Interim, which became Spherion, now part of Ronstadt. And, and I, I did a, uh, some work with, um, a company called Staffmark, and now I'm with Supplemental Healthcare. So, my entire career has been in staffing, helping to find people work and companies people. My dad always called it the people business. And and so now I, I also love the fact that I've tied in my personal and my professional life together. Um, I'm not only a, a, you know, a staffing industry veteran, if you will, but I'm also an author. Um, I wrote a book about my father that's based on my the advice he gave me throughout my career in the people business, the staffing industry. And my father was a butcher by trade. Um, the book's called Lunch, Meat, and Life Lessons, Sharing a Butcher's Wisdom by Mary B. Lucas B.D. It's a memoir and tribute to my father. And I know you're a writer, Caitlin. And, and um, so I think you can appreciate. I think I really wrote it after my father's passing more to deal with my grief. Yeah. I'm an accidental author, but an intentional communicator. Mm-hmm. And I loved keeping his legacy and his wisdom alive. And so I, it's been really fun for me. Well, over 65,000 copies of the book later, it's, it's become a platform for me to stay connected in the industry by speaking and talking with others um, about how to make meaningful connections with the people around them, one person at a time. And I really believe that's the key to success in our industry and in the people business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's so, um, your book is so alive and so wonderful and you do such a good job of sort of preserving uh, your memory of your father and everything that you learned from him. And uh, I I find that storytelling is such a huge part of of the staffing industry, just of any people business, sort of connecting stories to each other. So um, I thought it was uh, really beautiful that you have that uh, that connection there that you've spent such a long time in the staffing industry and that you found your way to um, uh, connect your work to your life through story. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about um, how your book and how being a butcher's daughter prepared you for a people business like staffing. Well, I really think it's kind of like what I just said. I, I, I I was so full of myself at 22 years old, and I'm sure you were never full of yourself when you were 22 years old, <laughs> but I was a first-generation college graduate, and I was the ninth of 10 children from John and Mary Bicklemeyer of Shawnee, Kansas. I was named after my mom, Mary, and um, my father was a butcher by trade, as I said, with an eighth-grade education, but he was the smartest man I ever knew, and, and he was you know, the patriarch of her family. And, and I, I think, you know, it was such a busy family and so much going on. And I really didn't see my dad very much as I was growing up. But, you know, he was there, but it was always surrounded by crowds. And it was the day I got my, I got, got the job offer from Audio Personnel Services and the phone rang 22 years old and I uh, answer it. And I said, I got the job. And my dad's over at the butcher block table in our family home. And 
he called me over and he goes, you got that job you wanted in the people mm-hmm. business? And I looked at him and I said, no, again, I'm totally full of myself. Like, what's a guy with an eighth grade education, a butcher going to tell me? I'm a college graduate and I'm going in the staffing industry. And he looked over at me and he said, you got that job? You're going into the people business? And I said, no, dad, I'm going into the staffing industry. Like, oh, brother, call it the people business. And he looked at me and he, he just said, wow. Get out of your own way, girl. You're going into the people business. Don't overcomplicate it. You're going to find people work and companies people. That's at the core of what you're going to do. And I'm in the people business. I help people put food on their table. Your mom is in the people business. She helps raise good, upstanding young people. And, you know, the less complicated you make it, the more successful and happy you'll be because at the core of it all, it's about making meaningful connections with people one person at a time. That's what's going to be the key to your success. So maybe you ought to listen to me. I might be able to tell you a thing or two about a succeed, how to succeed in the people business. And that really was when my relationship changed with my dad and I started listening to him. And this butcher with an eighth grade education became the greatest career coach I ever had. And, um, mm-hmm. and again, that's really why I wrote the book because I wanted my sons, Chase and Nick, to have the ability to know their grandpa. He died when they were very young. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the good news about being number nine of 10 children is that your parents are really tired when you're growing up and <laughs> you kind of got away with everything. <laughs> but the bad news is that your children will never know their grandparents the way the older grandkids yeah. did. And that's really why I wrote it. I wanted to keep his legacy alive and all the advice he gave me. And that sweet little book became something bigger than I'd ever imagined. And it and, you know, really, the heart of it is about making sure that his legacy lives on for my family. So the fact that mm-hmm. others get a, get a little bit out of it, that's great. But really, it's kind of my guidebook about how to make sure I slow down and think about in this crazy, busy world that the connections you make one person at a time, those are the, those are the connections that are going to serve you and the people you serve so well. And I mm-hmm. think that that's really at the heart of everything I've done in this industry is is really look at that that's what we do. We find people work in companies, people. We connect with people many times when they're the most vulnerable, when they're scared and worried about what their next mm-hmm. opportunity is going to be for a career. So I love it. After all these years, I still love what we do. This episode of The Staffing Show is brought to you by Staffing Referrals, the only recruiter referral platform designed specifically for staffing firms. If you're like most staffing firms, you're probably not using a digital referral platform which means you're missing up to 60% of your potential referral placements. That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Their recruiter referral platform helps you capture more referrals by transforming your candidates and contractors into digital brand ambassadors. Why do staffing firms love staffing referrals? You'll instantly get a referral program like the ones used by Lyft, Uber, and Airbnb. Your recruiters get their very own brand ambassador program, and your company will get more referral leads than ever before. I think you should check it out. If you'd like to get more referral leads for your recruiters, check out their 90-day pilot. They're giving Staffing Show listeners $500 off their first 90 days. To claim your $500 discount, visit staffingreferrals.com forward slash hub. I think you'll love it. You talk about this idea of the, the comeback sauce, and I was wondering if you could talk a little about that comeback sauce and about this sense of, of resilience that really connects 
both your career and your book? Well, it's funny because that that seems to be, there's so many little bits of wisdom in the book, but I, I think it, whether it be find the like or over the L or nobody makes you happy about yourself or, you know, get out your blinders and put them on. I never know what's going to resonate with someone after they read the book and they'll email me or I'll get a message. And yet comeback sauce is probably the one that I, I, I feel like that becomes kind of a, a way you treat people and it's always a, this best lasting impression. So, um, you know, I think the essence of comeback sauce is make a lasting impression. You know, when you leave someone, make sure they're a little bit better, a little better off because of their connection with you. And because if you can do that, because you do that, they'll come back and you'll build a legacy of people who want to work with you. I mean, I, I can't tell mm-hmm. you how that served me well and able to draw on, you know, working at different staffing companies. Um, I've worked with many of the same people over and over over and over again. We some seem to come back to each other even if we've gone somewhere else for a while. And I mean, really, the comeback sauce is about the essence of it is you want to leave everybody a little bit better off after their interaction with you than they were before so that they'll come back and want to work with you again. And I, I remember when he shared it with me, I kind of rolled my eyes. Again, remember, I'm I'm 22 years old. I'm taking my first job as a recruiter. And my dad says, okay, you're going into the people business. I might be able to tell you a thing or two about how to succeed in the people business. And I said, all right, you know, I'll get out of my own way. Like you said, I'll listen to you. What's the key to success? He goes, don't forget the comeback sauce. And I, I said, Dad, there are a lot of people. I know I shadowed the recruiter in the office I'm going to work next to. There are a lot of people we don't want to come back. I don't think that's going to work mm-hmm. for me. It might work for you at the meat market. You want them to all come back. It's not going to work. There are people that are no shows, no calls. There are people that don't have the right skills or qualifications. We don't want to work with them. And then he, he looked at me and he said, wow, for an educated young lady, you have a lot to learn. I said, what do you mean? He goes, it's not whether you want him to come back or not. Don't take it so literally. It's about how you want to make him feel about their interaction with you. Those people you have to deliver bad news to, those people you have to let down or let go, those are the very people that you want them to leave thinking she handled that in a way that was nicer, that was high integrity, that she she treated me in a way that maybe what I did wasn't so great. But she treated me in a way that showed that she was caring and that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, she really wanted to make sure that even if I was let down or let go, that she treated me in a way that was nicer than anybody else ever treated me. Mm -hmm. And and I appreciate Mm -hmm. that and I won't forget it. So a lot of times people want me to talk about that story and I do have a TEDx talk if you Google it, Comeback Sauce, Lunch, Meet, and Life Lessons, or just Mary B. Lucas, it'll come up. But I think the... um, the thing that I, I, I found after starting to speak a lot about the book and sharing this concept was that they, people want a recipe. And I don't write mm-hmm. about this in the book. It was really more after telling this story, I realized there is a recipe for comeback sauce. You want to make sure that when you leave someone that the ingredients are always different because everybody's different. What's important to you is not important to someone else. But the essence of it is the recipe is it's one part recognition, one part connection, and you add a dose of the unexpected. Make sure you always mm-hmm. recognize the person you're connected with. And, 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 you know, it's that connection part that what's important to you, whatever that is, you acknowledge that. 
And then you add a dose of the unexpected. You know, it may not be that much. Sometimes comeback sauce is just a thank you note or or a follow. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites right now is, I I don't know if you've ever downloaded the app Touch Notes, but when I go somewhere, for example, for a speaking engagement or I'm visiting one of our offices or I'm working with someone, I I like to take a picture, maybe a selfie with the people I'm with and and then, you know, quickly put it on Touch Notes and and, uh, after I left, it's, you know, thanks for including me or thanks for whatever whatever our connection was, I'll acknowledge what it was and there's a little memory of us together afterwards. So mm-hmm. I I think there's lots of ways to surprise people and just but ultimately like I said I think the comeback sauce really is at the core of how do you make a lasting impression and and it so many ways you can do it so many varieties of ways and no matter you know personally and professionally people need a little bit of dose of comeback sauce I think so it's at, I think it's yeah. just about great service and it's one of the things that you can do to make sure again that you create that kind of lasting impression that will make sure you stay connected with people at a higher level yeah and it that it sounds like such a huge part of staffing right now. It's, it's all about balancing, you know, there's so much focus on automation or technology, but really clearing space to build those relationships and make an impression that is beyond anything, you know, beyond the computers and beyond anything else, just using technology to build those strong relationships um, that seem so integral. Um, I was wondering if there are, any other lessons from your father that you think are crucial for the staffing industry right now? Oh, I mean, there's so many, but um, I really do think this, um, you know, this whole idea that get out your blinders and put them on um, and that, you know, you can get, you can get so caught up in all these things that are going around you. And ultimately we are in the people business and, and so, you know, you, you can, you can, you can look at all these other things that could distract you from the destination and where you're headed. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I always learned workhorses wear blinders for reasons. So they don't, they don't, they focus on the destination. They don't get caught up on what's going on the right and what's going on the left. They focus on their destination and where they're headed. And, um, and, you know, I think it's so simple, but that really is one of the ones that, that I think, you know, you can get so caught up and go get so distracted as fast as we're moving. So, but there's so many, I mean, I love, you know, nobody makes you happy, but yourself, as I said earlier, don't take life so seriously. You're never going to get out of it alive anyway. Or, um, you know, my favorite, my birthday's coming up on March 24th. My favorite one is if you don't have a happy birthday, it's your own damn fault. So I, I think it's, it's like, I mean, it really means that you don't look outside of yourself for, you know, your happiness. Um, you have to pull that from within. And I don't think that's any different in the staffing industry or the people business than it is just in life in general. It's just, it's just great um, life lessons, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With that in mind, what do you think are some of the top challenges facing the staffing industry right now? Oh, the staffing industry is changing so much. And honestly, that's part of the reason why I've loved it for all these years. I mean, I, I think I can't tell you how thrilled I am that at this point in my career, I, I, you know, I made a shift from commercial staffing and I now I'm with supplemental health care as their chief talent officer. And, um, I love learning, lifelong learner. That's what I'm shooting for and, and what I'm learning by what's, you know, what's going on in the healthcare space right now. I think it, it's just, 
it's just fun to always have all the change. It's always, it's so different than when I started, but I think the changes we're facing now really reflect the changes in the expectations of the workforce or what I'm finding. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started working 30 something years ago, the goal was to get a job with the right company and grow and stay there your whole career. And that's just not the case anymore. Um, people are looking for that, that stability of a permanent work home. They don't, they want they don't really want that so much. They want to learn new things. So they want to try different workplaces and they want more flexibility in their work situation. And, you know, that might be working from home or working a series of short term projects. And, you know, people talk a lot about the skills gap or competitive pay or a lot of number a number of things that are the challenges. But to me at the heart of it is really like I said, how we make those meaningful connections with the people we're working with both as their staffing partner and as their advocate. And, you know, for me at Supplement Healthcare, that's really what we're focusing our efforts on. We are a culture of caring. And honestly, I think we might be the best kept secret in the staffing industry. I mean, I cannot believe from, you know, we're a quite little company that I think we're going to about ready to make a a bigger bang. So watch for us. But the people who work... Um, with us, love us. Our Innovera scores are over the top. Our, I guess it's clearly rated now. We're best of staffing. We're one of the. We've been voted best places to work. So I, I think, I think at the core, what I love about it is all these things are happening. All these changes are happening. But at the heart of it is, is it's about do you care more? You know, do you give more? Do you make sure you put more into that connection? And and that that's I think what what we do here and that's what I think is going to continue to help us grow and and be I think a lot more noticed as we start to see more and more of um, the stories that are shared by the healthcare professionals we place and the clients we work with. Uh, Congratulations on those high scores. I know that that there's a a lot of hard work too and a lot of smart choices that you guys made. is, are there any specific tools or strategies that you, in addition to just uh, really practicing caring more about candidates, but are there any tools or tactics that you think have been a part of the supplemental success? Well, I'm not going to give away all of our secrets. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. Kidding. But like I said, um, we're, like I said, we're focusing on at the the, the main, main priority is making connections. So at, at SHC, we talk a lot about caring, how we can care more for our teams, for the healthcare professionals we partner with, for the clients who trust us to find them the best people. And what does that look like? I think the answer is it looks different to every person. So the way you show you care is different from the way you would show it to someone else, you know, it, it, I think the key is really to empower your people with the ability to make those individual connections and create what those, what we call care more moments. So knowing, I mean, we give an award every you know quarter on, on our town hall calls for someone who has created a care more moment. So we showcase that and, you know, we, we tell the stories and we have a care more spotlight where we showcase a healthcare professional that I mean, there are so many stories. It's hard to pick. I'm just telling you, it's, yeah. that's what makes me love this so much is, I mean, today there was someone who we had in, um, in a correctional institution uh, um, on an, a traveler assignment and 
um, in the community where she was traveling. She sent us a picture, and she was next to a veteran who was homeless, and it was cold, and she stopped on her way um, to her assignment, and she brought blankets for him, and she showed us the pictures and told us a little bit about his story. And and I said, that was my first email this morning when I walked in. And I thought that Mm -hmm. is, you know, it, it, the caring, the culture of caring goes from, you know, how we treat the people we place, we put on assignments that we advocate for. And then it just shows that how they treat the people they're connected with. So I just, Mm -hmm. I, I love those stories. This episode of the staffing show is brought to you by text us. You might remember TextUs for their conversational text messaging software that helps recruiters communicate faster with candidates. Since launching four years ago, TextUs has become the largest provider of text messaging to the staffing industry. In fact, over 500 staffing firms choose TextUs more than any other texting software on the market. Why are they so popular? Because getting a hold of the top talent is more difficult than ever. That's where Text Us comes in. Their real-time communication platform helps your recruiters cut through the noise and get a response. If you want to increase recruiter productivity, you should check out Text Us. You can claim your staffing show exclusive free 30-day pilot by visiting textus.com forward slash hub. Just go to textus.com forward slash hub to claim your pilot and start recruiting in real time. Do you have any other stories like that? that? That's just really lovely. It seems like a lovely thing to get our listeners to think more about. Um, can you think of any more culture of caring stories like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, our, our um, Care More Spotlight um, recipient last quarter, well, last month, actually, she actually had one of the patients that she was caring for who um, who was going through getting ready to go through chemotherapy and was really worried about losing her hair and she shaved her head so we have the picture of her Aww. right next to the person that she's caring for um and yeah. it's just again another example of it but you know it's just like i said it they're, they're different stories every day but yeah and and then the and then the you know again our internal team members that go the extra mile um we had someone on assignment in chicago and and Lawrence, who's in our Chicago office, he he knew he was watching some basketball games by himself, and he went over to his his where he was staying and brought him a pizza. So I and I just I just think it's just I love the little stories that I would hear too about just these ways that someone drove. You know, you're not even near in our virtual world that we live in. You're not even near where yeah. someone else lives. But you know, one of our internal team members went to a funeral of 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 one of the. Um, nurses that they placed of, of their family member, mm-hmm. and um, they were just you know shocked that they drove three hours to get there, and yet it was like, of course I did. You're important to me, and this is a difficult time for you. Of course I'm going to be here. So I mean, you can imagine the kind of loyalty that comes from those types of connections. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll be there when you need us. We'll support you no matter what, and and um. I mean, I could I could go on and on of stories, but I'm just so proud of of being a part of this organization and that this culture of caring because it's everywhere around me, and you know, that's those yeah. those are things that motivate us because we hear about it every day. Yeah. Um, do, how do you think we can bring more of of that kind of devotion and caring into 
the staffing industry in general? Like, what do you think inspires that in your team? And how can how can others be a bit more like you? <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's a bit more like me, but I think it's 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 really about what do you value? You know, what is it that you are looking at? You know, I firmly believe if you take care of the people you work with, they'll take care of you, the people you work with, and that culture of caring will grow. And, you know, and I don't want to put anybody, especially me, up on a pedestal because we're all a work on progress, work in progress. I mean, I am the last person to say that I don't have those days when my blinders fall off or, you know, that I get mm-hmm. caught up in things that are, you know, overwhelmed. I, you know, I would call it the whelm state. I, you know, I remember when <laughs> we would all laugh and you get that overwhelmed. There's so many different things going on. Um, but I, I think really that, that culture of caring and that, that, that starts with the leadership and I don't know a more caring person really than our CEO, Lisa Francis. And when I talked about, mm-hmm. You know, I'm so proud again in this, you know, there aren't that many people at the C-suite that the female leader, she was voted or recognized, not voted, but Glassdoor mm-hmm. recognized her as one of the top CEOs in the country. Um, she was the, one of the top two uh, female CEOs a couple years ago. Um, you know, these just based on the ratings, Glassdoor ratings that people would talk about CEO mm-hmm. approval. And uh, you don't get that kind of you don't get that kind of loyalty of people who will work with you from company to company to company without being a caring person. Um, mm-hmm. And not that she's not focused on, you know, obviously producing results, but I think she firmly believes you produce results by making sure you start with caring for the people and then they're care- they will care for the customers. They will care for the healthcare professionals that we place and, and our business will grow. And it served mm-hmm. her well on numerous companies that I've had a chance to connect with her with. But I think our leadership team in general, I mean, Donna Carroll, I've worked with before, and, and um, Linda McDonald, who runs our travel nurse group. Donna's the president of our, our local offices and Workforce Solutions. And then I work with Chris Long, who is, I'm, you know, one of the most talented people I've ever met from an operations level. And, and then, I, you know, we've got an incredible CEO in Monty Hodeshell. So I think our leadership team cares about each other, and we care about, you know, creating that type of environment for people to feel like they're part of our SHC family. So I, I think it it really starts with how we behave and how we show up. Yeah. And uh, how, and looking, zooming out a bit, how do you see the staffing industry changing in the next five years or so? I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, I, I, it has changed. I can't believe how quickly it's changing. I just had a call. You know, I just hung up on a call with an, another potential vendor for, you know, a, an AI opportunity for us, and and um and I think you know it's constant. We're always looking at what are the best sources to make sure we balance everything we can possibly do to get that inbound mm-hmm. um, traffic um to get really that active job seeker. How do they find us? How do they make we make sure that we are in a position where they see us when they're doing their searches, but. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, that passive job seeker and building that brand so people know that we're a company that um, is available for them. But I think I really don't have any idea. I think it's we're going along 
um, and looking at every opportunity we can to make sure we maximize technology. But like I said, part of what I love about the industry is that it's constantly changing. And I do think you'll see a lot more untraditional work models. I mean, that job sharing, mm-hmm. flexible environments where that's possible. And I think you'll definitely see a lot more of that AI and automated automation, which is going to make it even more of a challenge to make and nurture those important connections. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I think it's critical, honestly, for any company, but especially staffing companies to keep that personal connection in mind as we're all implementing artificial intelligence in the years to come. I, 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 I know for a fact that people want and expect better technology, more automation, and yet we have to keep pace with that, but we can't lose that personal connection. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think there's, I said, I said, when we first started talking, I don't think there's much more personal than connecting with someone when they're vulnerable and they're looking mm-hmm. for an assignment, a role, a job, a, a, a position when, when they're thinking about how they put bread on the table and, or, you know, they're nervous because they're a new traveler and they don't know what to expect on that. Or I just think, that 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 human element combined with everything we have that's so fantastic from a technology support standpoint that's going to be that's going to be the killer combo i think as we go forward mm-hmm. and so you know the um, next 5 years and beyond I, I can tell you all these years in the industry it's so different from when i started and um i can't imagine that you know 5 years from now it's not going to be very different as well uh Definitely. Um, and no matter no matter what happens, I think that uh, the job search and the, uh, the process of finding a new career is going to continue to be a vulnerable place and staffing is going to be an industry that cares for people in that vulnerable spot. So I'm wondering if you might want to leave us with uh, the best career advice you've ever gotten. Oh, you know, it's funny because I've been I've been lucky enough to be asked to do a lot of these podcasts lately or these interviews lately, and and I, I love when someone asks me that question because I I I have so many bits of wisdom from so many great leaders that I've worked with. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to meet um, Stephen Covey when he was very early in his career before he even wrote the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and I think. His advice and the concepts of abundance mentality versus scarcity mentality and, and, um, you know, really the, the, you know, win-win I concepts and ideas is so powerful for me. And, and I think, uh, reading Hyler Bracey and meeting his, meeting him as a speaker for our organization and his concept of managing from the heart, um, I value that as well. Um, you know, and, and great leaders give me advice like hire people as good or better than you or, you know, trust people a little bit more than they deserve. And, and you know, everybody gets an A. It's theirs to keep or theirs to lose. You start out with this, any relationship with this high level of expectation and, and it's how, how many times people rise up to meet that. But I will quite honestly say the best advice I ever got was the advice my father gave me on his last day. And that's the last chapter of the book, Lunch, Meet, and Life Lessons. I, the last chapter is a story that really inspired the entire book and inspired me to keep his legacy alive and write it. Um, he told me, you know, he was 
had hours to live, they said, and, and um, I was, as you can imagine, quite emotional. My mom had already passed away mm-hmm. five years before, and I was about ready to lose my dad. And I remember turning to him and, and you know, just so crying and saying, Dad, what am I going to do? Who's going to inspire me now? What am I going to do? And he just looked at me, and he was completely awake, completely, and he just looked at me, and he said, I said, who's going to inspire me now? And he looked at me and he said, oh, Mary, that's so easy. Your mother and I have taught you well. Inspire yourself. You'll figure it out. Inspire yourself. And that's really that I inspired myself when I wrote Lunch, Meat, and Life Lessons. And I inspire myself when I keep his legacy alive. And and today I inspired myself when I shared some of the wisdom from others that I've worked with and, and closed with really last bit of wisdom that he shared with me. And and so that's what I try to do every day is look at, you know, again, you're looking for within for inspiration. You know, it comes from you first. Nobody fills you up but you. You know, you, you surround yourself with people that make you a good or better version of yourself every day. And and it, it's not hard to do that. But, you know, it, it's work. And I, yeah. just, that's, I think that's the best advice I've ever got, I've ever yeah. received was, was that inspire yourself? That's beautiful, and I think that's that's the best advice that we've ever gotten on the podcast. So thank <laughs> you for sharing that with us. So it's beautiful, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, I really, I really enjoyed it, Caitlin, and I wish you all the best. I know you've got a lot of fun things on your horizon. I wish you the best <laughs> as you're doing a little bit of writing and deciding, you know, how you share my family memories as well. So thanks for yeah, having me, and um, I, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, too. Oh, oh, that was beautiful. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.